Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. Welcome back. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about ageless fandoms and I guess our definition of that are fandoms that any age group are a part of. (laughs) Why are you taking a picture of me? (laughs) I just took a selfie to make Brenna uncomfortable. Anyway. No, I'm sending it to a boy. Oh, God. Oh, no, it's a horrible picture. I'm not going to send it. Never mind. Okay. I think we should keep all of that in. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, we're talking about ageless fandoms today. Um... So, fandoms that, like, 90-year-olds could be in, and two-year-olds, well, I don't know about some of them two-year-olds, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're so mature. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to have, I don't know, ageless fandoms are important. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because you shouldn't be like, I'm in, <laughs> I'm involved in a sex fandom. Well, a two-year-old can't be involved in that, so, mm. you know, you gotta have something. Well, okay. I saw something about babies <laughs> masturbating once. <laughs> I think it's a natural thing that happens. No, I've seen that too. Don't worry. So let's stop shaming those two-year-olds out there. Yeah, that's true. Anyways. (laughs) So, Brenna, do you want to talk about uh, fandoms that you consider ageless? Yeah. First. For me, I feel like the... I don't know. Just in general, it's pretty much Disney, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. Disney Plus just came out recently, and uh, I don't know. It's just interesting how, like, every single thing on there is very family family friendly and i mean i guess the simpsons really aren't but yeah yeah. um so i think just the everyone everyone loves disney i don't i mean not everyone loves disney but everyone of any age group i mean a lot of people our age it's like a lot of nostalgia for stuff when we were little but then also they're producing because they now own so many franchises they're producing more adult content as well um people always sorry people always talk about um (laughs) Like, Pixar especially is really great at putting sex jokes or, you know, like, adult jokes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I keep talking about sex. No, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> putting jokes for the adults in yeah. and, like, fine-tuning them so they fly over the children's heads. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, in just in general, there's a lot of different, like, references. Not even, like, dirty jokes, but a lot of different references that, like, kids mm-hmm. won't get that an adult would. So they make it very universal for everyone. And if you don't laugh at, like the fart jokes like a child might which i don't think pixar has very many fart jokes because they're a little more high class than that but you can laugh at other stuff that's like more i don't know um closer to to what you actually like but i think it's funny like the old what are the all the old um how it looked like what's is it prince eric and the little mermaid how it looked like he had a boner and then there was like the sex in the leaves that the lion king supposedly spelled out those are conspiracy theories too there actually was okay so there on the covers of the VHS tapes for mm. The Little Mermaid, uh, I guess an artist, a disgruntled artist, before he left the company, <laughs> hid a penis yeah. in the castle behind her, and they yep. had to recall all those. So that one's real. But yeah, so Disney's an ageless fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, yes. And another one uh, that I feel is pretty ageless is, like, Nintendo. Um, I'm a big gamer, but I also am not... Like, normally when people say gamers, they're talking about, like, Call of Duty and, like, I don't know, you think of a gamer, like, a teenage boy sitting in his room with a headset yelling at people, Mm -hmm. but, like, I've always been a huge Nintendo fan. I've always had all the handheld consoles, and I have a Nintendo Switch now, and I always am playing it, but it's, like, it's just, 
I don't know. It's very universal. Like, I mean, I love the game. Like, I love Mario games, and so do little kids. Um, and there's so many little kids that shouldn't probably shouldn't be playing Call of Duty, but are because. And not even because of the content in the video game, because other people are screaming curse words at them from the right. other side. The community is the, <laughs> the problem. The community is the problem. Yeah, yeah. So I think Disney and Nintendo, for me, are like the two that I'm pretty heavily involved in that I'm always like, there's a lot of different age groups and demographics that are in both of them. And I think they're very inclusive um, communities. So what about yours? What are some you're involved in? Um. So my angle for it is that, I mean, for me, it's just stuff that's well-written. I feel like adults and kids end up mm. liking it YA um, in general <laughs> yes exactly yeah but for me it's avatar the last airbender obviously duh iconic so one. well written oh my god um <laughs> and then there's harry potter very similar yeah central trio going off on journeys but yep. also very different um and there's the whole ageless thing is like you literally grow up with them too it's not just true. like you literally grow up with them so. yeah I don't know. It is that aspect. It's interesting. So it might have something to do with like the long term thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Phineas and Ferb. I know a lot of adults that are super into that. And I guess it's yeah. like the parents, which happens with Disney That's in general. So but Phineas and Ferb specifically, I don't know why. I mean, I remember talking to friends about it in high school. Yeah. Um, I, I know that, um, what was it, the other show that, like, Gravity Falls, which was, like, right yeah. after I stopped watching Disney Channel, but that's, like, a really good animated show that a lot of adults really enjoyed, yeah. too. Um, and then I yeah. have to put Buffy in there, too, just because there's so much, I mean, one of the big podcasts I listen to, Buffering, uh, the Vampire Slayer, is Such a good name. they have no spoilers so that people that are watching the series for the first time can listen which is like crazy yeah. to happen 20 years after it ended or yeah. began 20 years it's like it began. i'd say star wars is a pretty ageless fandom because yeah. so many little boys that i babysit and stuff like they mm-hmm. all are into star wars when the movies came out in literally decades literally decades ago yeah but then there's the whole it reminded me of that because the spoiler thing i mean nobody actually doesn't know that yeah like, everyone goes everyone knows star that wars spoiler now. and everyone knows the spoilers what spoiler like, brenna <laughs> i don't know um I mean, I don't even, I have never even seen Darth, all the Star Wars movies. Oh my God, but you know the No, spoilers. of course I know the spoiler, yes. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Everyone goes into Star Wars now knowing Darth yeah. Vader is Yeah, and I've, I've heard a lot of, like, videos and stuff where people are like, hey, I wonder what it would be like if we just didn't know that and went in for the first time. Like, they want right? to experience it again for the first time. So I think that's really cool that that podcast for Buffy does that, because, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's not, like, crazy popular that everyone, like, it's very niche and, like, it has yeah. its own cult following, so... But even still. Yeah. But, so, that makes me wonder, Brenna, Mm -hmm. uh, bringing up Star Wars, if the newer Star Wars movies are going to be ageless. I mean, I guess they will intrinsically because they're associated. Yeah. But I don't think people will be, like, excited to show it to I don't think so, because, I mean, I'm not really in the Star Wars fandom at all. I mean, but I have a lot of friends that are very heavily involved, and it's just, I mean, they're, like not really that good of movies according to them (laughs) like i mean maybe that's just they can never live up to the first three but and by first three i do not mean the prequels but um yeah it's just or they're trying to recapture the magic like everyone said the force awakens was the exact same it was like a new hope just like redone yeah kind of like the hunger games and catching fire (laughs) redone with nicer graphics um but i don't think they're gonna be as iconic and ageless Mm -mm. i mean i think ray is a character i think maybe girls i think maybe like young girls growing up may but maybe i don't know Also, just princess leia too was a badass character so she was but she was also in a bikini all the time not all the time (laughs) just that one time but still i know i know once is enough once is enough but i do think it's sad because yeah 
they're including women in like fighting roles but then it's sad that it's not as well written and it's like mm-hmm. it sucks that when they do make it more diverse yeah. the story isn't as well written and i really hope i'm always get nervous that uh hollywood's gonna see that as a sign to stop diversifying yeah That's i scary. i agree um, i don't know if marvel is i mean i guess marvel like in general like comic books in general are very ageless mm-hmm. um that's probably the biggest fandom i am in of the marvel cinematic universe fandom i'm not like a huge comic book reader but i am heavily involved in the movies and like i mean you see little kids i mean a lot of little kids will watch them even though they're all pg-13 i guess star wars is too yeah um so i mean i guess marvel fits in there as well but disney in general i mean hey disney owns all that shit so Truth. there's that um <laughs> and now they own fox which is even but that's like all gonna be like separate so like they're not gonna i don't know who knows it's all a shit show it's it's just crazy man it's crazy i still can't even barely watch disney plus because it's all still screwed up we're recording this like a i don't know a week or two after it came out so <laughs> we shouldn't age our po- this it's... this needs to go out sooner than rather than later than we shouldn't age ourselves in these podcasts uh, it'd be like a nice little blast from the past people know people pre-record podcasts right it's just that's not like a secret um, I think it's fine. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, so we kind of touched on our next section, yeah. which is the importance of feeling included in your fandom. Yeah, I think one thing that came out that, that I don't know, if, I feel like a lot of people heard of it was that whole like, was it? I'm trying to think what it really. It was just some woman that said like, childless millennials should not be part of Disney, and it was talking about oh. like the Disney parks. Oh, really. that mom on Facebook. Yeah. It was talking about the Disney parks and like people got so up in arms because I mean, I follow so many Disney parks, like YouTube channels and all of them are adults who love the parks. Like, mm-hmm. so people, and a lot of them are millennials or people my age. So our age, um, which is crazy. Like we're the youngest millennials, but people typically think millennials are like younger, but yeah, we, right. we are the youngest millennials. Um, cause 1996 was like the last year. Um, it's all arbitrary. Yeah. Made up. It's just made up. But anyway, so I think that like. The whole people are people are trying to make like Disney parks like for kids, but they've always been for everyone. Like that was Walt Disney's like huge thing was like they're always for everyone. So I think that was an interesting story that came out. And plus, um, the whole um, even though Disney kind of hides it like in their movies, they do a lot of queer baiting. Like I've heard Frozen Two, <laughs> Frozen Two just came out or it's coming out like tomorrow or today actually. It's coming out today, and I saw a review for it. It was just like it's very queer baity. Like it's very hard. Like Disney refuses to completely do like a gay storyline. But in their parks, they're very inclusive and, like, typically yeah. they have, like, all the pride merchandise and they're very inclusive with that. Even well, though like, everyone they won't, that works like, there is gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even though they won't, like, completely come out right and say it, they're very inclusive in terms of just the environment itself is very inclusive, um, even though they're taking quite a while to actually admit it. Yeah. Um, but don't they have a, a Disney Channel show with a gay character? The show that got canceled, yeah. Oh. I <laughs> but I think they're... I want to think, I think there's something on Disney Plus. I don't know. But yeah, they're, they're slowly getting there. But I think just in general, Disney is very inclusive for every age and gender and blah, blah, blah. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> everything else that matters. Great. Good job. <laughs> Sexuality, race, mm-hmm. everything. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you? What, do, what do you think it's important to, to feel included <laughs> in your <laughs> fandom? <laughs> Not um, just in general. Well, I don't know if. I know why. Here's the thing. For me, ageless fandoms or ageless stories are always going to be well-written. Mm-hmm. And I think anything that's well-written is going to be relatable no matter who you are because it's going to, like, give you a piece of survival information about the world. So I think that's kind of the key. So it's not really about – for me, it's, like, the importance of good writing will – will um 
automatically take care of inclusion. Oh, a thousand percent. So I agree. And, and like Harry yeah. Potter tells you about like how important it is to love everyone, and so uh, of course that's going to be so, relatable. Very universal themes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like books about how to use the bathroom when you're little aren't going to be universal when well maybe when you're elderly but not in the whole middle of that um (laughs) yep so i think but harry potter like i've seen it on little kids nightstands that i've babysat and also their parents nightstands like it's very your boyfriend's nightstands. yes that too um even though he doesn't even own any of the harry potter books I mean, they're at his parents' house. But he likes them. He likes them, and he yes. And has them, unlike some people. Okay. We don't ever need to bring that up on this podcast. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, and I think I totally agree with that. And I asked a couple people on Instagram what they thought. And one of my friends um, said that, like, bookish fandoms, just like you were kind of saying, will always be new to some. So, like, somebody will always be reading The Hunger Games or Harry Potter or whatever for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very same with I mean same with TV people are always gonna be watching things for the first time or whatever and I think things like that are ageless like the books that you always see in um, like they always have copies um, on shelves those are like the ageless um, stuff that and it's usually like you said more often than not well written because <laughs> uh, those always. are the ones that stand the test of time well yes. the Hunger Games isn't but whatever what I'm just kidding. What? No, well, you know our think, feelings on the Hunger Games. I also don't think it's been long enough to tell if Hunger Games will last. That's true. I think, yeah, that's fair enough. Where is it shelved in Barnes and Noble in the library? What do you mean, like in Young Adult or like where in Young Adult? Like, does it have a prominent little shelf place? Not as much as all John Green's books do. Well, he's <laughs> he's having a time right now with all of his. He's always having a time. Releases. Oh, that's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think. The Hunger Games still is pretty, I don't know. I feel like the actual books themselves get less read than, like, people People write more books based off The Hunger Games than The Hunger Games books actually get read, <laughs> like, if that makes sense. So it's like a trend. Yeah, it's like a trend. I mean, that's that's how I started writing my book was the whole yeah. dystopian trend or whatever that happened back when, I don't even remember when they came out. Like, I don't even know. Because um, the books obviously were out far before. All three Were all three books out when the movie started coming out? I can't remember. I think so, actually. Um, Let's see. I'm just going to see when it was released, at least. Yeah, no, but I think... My stupid knockoff browser. What is that? It plants trees for your searches. (laughs) That's why I have it. Oh, I was going to say, that doesn't look like Bing. It looks like something just like... 2008. You've planted 620 trees? No, that's the amount of searches. It's very misleading. (laughs) Um... So okay, so the first book came out in two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. So it hasn't even, or it has been ten years, and it's been eleven years. Yeah. But I still. Yeah. No, I agree. It takes a long time, like, to really see if a book will tell the test of time or whatever. So stand. Stand the test of time. I mean, I guess you could argue that Harry Potter never really stopped coming out. Like, they're releasing new content all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 one thing when like the books. I mean, the movies were starting to come out before the book series was done. Right. So it's one thing when it's that, when it's like constantly stuff is releasing. And even though there's maybe not a new book releasing, like people are always going to want to go back, read the books. Movies are coming out, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. anyway, I have any more thoughts on, on ageless fandoms? I don't know. Not really. I mean, I could talk about what makes a story a good story forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I could bitch about bad stories forever. Same. Like Incredibles 1 versus Incredibles okay. 2. <laughs> Brenna's sighing because we just I whole, talked about this earlier today. We just need a whole Pixar podcast, I think, because yes. Pixar is talk about like emotional, like, oh my god. Anyway, mm-hmm. so all right, so we're gonna talk about dead fandoms now, which 
it's a whole other whole other topic because fandoms can die in multiple ways. <laughs> like either there's a lot of toxic shit going on, or uh, fans just basically stop producing, or like the actual people stop producing content. Like no more books come out, no more movies, whatever. Or just people stop caring, or the people turn out to be jerks. Uh, there's a lot of different ways fandoms die. Yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just found on Tumblr. Um, <laughs> we sound like tumbleheads. But yeah, we're not. Um, so on <laughs> on t- which Tumblr is kind of a dead fandom in and of itself. Oh my god, <laughs> true. So this Tumblr is called Good, but not that good. Um, and they said being part of a dead or forgotten fandom is the worst because that means you can't share your headcanons or OTPs with the fandom as there's not enough people to care. Oh. Um, which is like the hardest part of so a fandom being dead. And there's also a couple posts about like a fandom being, um, like a, you coming into a fandom late, which is also really depressing because mm-hmm. like sometimes it's dying and then you just started loving it and you're like, oh no, I entered at the wrong time. What do I do? Um, so yeah. <laughs> What I are... was scared that's what would happen with Harry Potter, but things yeah. just kept happening. Which is good. Even, yeah, definitely. Even um, my nerd podcast, they ended, and then a couple weeks later, they had to start up again because they, because J.K. Rowling made a giant announcement like yeah. a few weeks later. I think I'm also on a on a, our fan fiction on Reddit, and some there's just some some examples here of fandoms people think are dying. Lost, that's a good one. Um, I was never a Lost fan. But people definitely still like it or care about it. And then also Life with Derek, which you can talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish there were more people in the Life with Derek fandom still. Yeah. Though every once in a while, those two main actors will, like, drop, like, um, some subtext. Because they know about the Daisy shippers. Yeah. I mean, and how I think, could they not have? Well, and what's interesting, there are still a lot of people that are, like, super passionate in that fandom because after the movie... Um, the writer finally like did this little post online about the the ship mm-hmm. and like how she finally sort of understands where people are coming from because before it just used to gross her out and people are thinking oh my god she'll make it happen Which oh I yeah don't know if she would ever do that. I mean Liz McGuire's coming back um, <laughs> but life oh with there was not that popular I at all. would die <laughs> I also just found another post on Live Journal of all places this is from <laughs> this is from two thousand seven. Um, and they said, I would personally define a fandom as being dead when one fan can no longer get on their computer and be able to find another fan to connect with. (laughs) I was like, that's so depressing. Um, but that was from Flowers for Ophelia on Live Journal (laughs) from 2007. Shout out. out. But I, yeah, it's really depressing when a fandom dies. Um, I don't know. What are some fandoms that have died? Sorry, I just found out there's a Daisy podcast. Oh no. I'm going to bookmark that. (laughs) Um, fandoms that I like that have died. Yeah. Um, I think... Or are dying. I mean, I don't know if every... I don't know. Yeah. I honestly wish the Twilight fandom was more active. I don't know if they ever had really great writers, though. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> fan fiction. So, so, yeah. Because I've read quite a bit. I like to read the wolf fan fiction. Mm. I think the community is interesting. And I think that whole dynamic is interesting. But, um, it was... There are always, like, all these... They would go to prom and, like, get engaged and get married. It was just, like, such a shallow, like, typical romance plot line. And I, there's so much potential for, like, way yeah. more interesting stuff. And I never found a really good Bella Jacob fan fiction. You know what's depressing is that when uh, we went to Barnes & Noble a few months ago, we found that book that was, like, it was a, what was it? 
um, the Twilight book that stuff. Oh, yeah, It was, like, yeah, in a, yeah. it was a different perspective or whatever. Yeah, from, like, Edward's perspective. But it wasn't the same thing that was published, like, years ago, back when the books were published. Like, the thing that leaked. This was something different. Or maybe right. it was the same. I don't know. But we found it, and we had no idea it was even out. Like, that's really... And it was, a, like, had horrible shelf yeah. placement. And I was like, that really means a fandom is dead. Of, like, you don't even know a book's coming Yeah, it was, like, on the back side like, of the YA shelf on the terrible. bottom. That's <laughs> yep. so bad. Um, I just found this horrible article <laughs> about, like... The top 10 worst fandoms and... That's so mean. Yeah, well, feminists and social justice warriors are on this list. Okay, well, this is a horrible <laughs> That's not a fandom. But we're not about oh. uh, uh, hurting people, so we won't tell Ooh, you which one it is. Another dead one that's kind of funny that it's dead. It's not really dead, but the show just got... A lot of these, like, the show just got so bad, like, Walking Dead. Like, mm-hmm. the show just got so bad, like... Glee still has a ton of fans. Pro- I mean, I'm pretty sure the Glee fandom is probably still pretty active. <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to get back into it. Oh, yeah, it because is. Because every time you watch it, you know one of them's a child molester. Or not, sorry. He's not, he never molested anybody that yeah. we know of. But he did own child pornography, yes. which is fucked up. But I also do wish, I don't know. For me, I have so many We're, we're going to do a whole this. episode on Glee because it's a huge thing. So stay um, tuned. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of another way if fandom can die. It's just like... Like I said before, like people, death. the actual death, I, literal death. I mean, the actors becoming like horrible humans, or they were horrible humans all along. Not that I'm saying they were, but like just yeah. in general, and um, that's a whole nother thing. But. Which is a great segue into YouTube. Yeah, I think YouTube's still lively, and I Definitely. think the communities affected by like the whole sexual abuse mm-hmm. stuff are still active. But there are certain, yeah. obviously youtubers that are no longer active some of yeah. them still are which is so i think the whole like but... i mean it was mostly just the whole pranking section of youtube yeah and then a whole bunch of like um emo looking like gleeby boys <laughs> were exposed for having like actual sexual relationships with underage girls yep that was a huge thing pretty recently um no back in our freshman oh, year too well it's a always people that i followed yeah did, now they're gone there's so. a lot of yeah, there's a lot of just... It's mostly... I mean, the Me Too movement got out a lot of people from YouTube as this well. This was pre... I know, that was pre... I mean, it, Me Too has always been happening, but the actual movement when it started. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, no, YouTube is definitely, like, just the the fandoms involved. Like, I don't know, because YouTube's weird, because there's, like... I mean, you can be a fan of just a certain creator or, like, the whole gaming community or the whole whatever yeah. community. Like, it's so... Or, like, the British community. Yeah, it's so diverse and... um. There's something for everyone also. It's all yeah. can be creepy as hell when there's like, they just implement, implemented that new rule because of all the like child content that was getting on to like YouTube kids that was not child friendly, oh, but God. because of the algorithm, it was like putting it on. It was just awful. So yeah, YouTube has algorithm. had so many problems, mm. um, but I think, yeah, there's. But it's still thriving. It's still thriving. There's a lot of little, just little spaces that are pockets. dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we kind of touched on this earlier when we talked about the um, Ageless fandom is, is, like, sequels. So, like, the Star Wars sequels, how we don't think they're really going to stand the test of time. We don't um, know for sure We don't yet, know for sure, but... obviously. But just with, like, the, the writing and just the... It just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not as, like, classic feeling as... But you don't really ever know, do you? Like... And people don't go something's back. something's a classic, like... Like, a thousand times. I feel like I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm super <laughs> stuck up when it comes to that kind of thing. No. I... No, I I get it. Um, and I'm not stuck up about much, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't kidding. know. I still could be totally deluded. Oh, no. thanks, Brenna. And then the same thing with, like, the Disney live action movies. Yeah, I don't really think people are. And, like, the people that I talk to who have seen it, I'm like, do you like it? And they're like, 
<laughs> well, are there in general, are there any reboots that have like been better than the original that people are going to be that's the movie they're going to go to when they want to watch that movie like i thought the jumanji okay yeah that's a good example it was very different though um yeah and like i mean all these terminator movies that keep coming out like nobody's ever going (laughs) to say that they're better than t2 like yeah and that fandom is still pretty much very a lot like i feel like people that but yeah people still get in and they write the fan fiction i almost feel like sometimes things that are badly written inspire more fan fiction because people are so unsatisfied with how it went yeah that's true i think that's a good point i mean i don't know if um it's really hard for like a fandom to actually die because um it like means that it's like when the last person stops writing about it like <laughs> no no no. remember we said two people <laughs> two people yes two people because a fandom i think i think yeah i agree a fandom is like is a community so um otherwise you're just a monk <laughs> So I think there's two people writing about Life with Derek right now. Right now, as no, we speak. No, there's more than two people. <laughs> but as we speak? Uh, probably not. I don't know. As we but, speak. But it's, there's, in the fandom at large, there's me and at least one other person. <laughs> yeah. If they put it on Disney+, Plus, that fandom, again, this is, it's going to be an ageless fandom. God, when they I, put it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh, man, I should start writing so I can make that happen. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Um. I don't know. Are there any other bad or bad, well, dead fandoms that you can think of? Just like musicians. Musicians that, I mean, and that's just like, that's, that's just time, honestly. Like, people stop yeah, producing. But the Beatles will never die. That's true. That's Even a good though point. some of them are dead. It's all the, or it's is basically. Only one? Is only one dead? I feel like everyone thinks there are two dead. There yeah, might be. It's like how everyone I thought, so a lot of people thought Stan Lee was dead, like, years before he actually passed away. Really? I don't know. I mean, I'm so involved in the Marvel community that I, of course, knew he was alive, but people thought he was dead yeah. years ago. Because there's so many things on the internet where it's like, have you seen all those Betty White dying, like, fake stories? Yes. Jesus. Betty White died. Like, her hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think musicians, it can eat, I think just with with real people, and let, fictional character characters obviously can all of a sudden start be written, being, like, written very badly but or the actor can be exposed as like a bad person yeah like, but it's, it's always like the actual person itself that's what really like screws up a fandom is like like just i mean people turning out to be dicks um and then you're like oh maybe i shouldn't be fans of this anymore and that's a tough thing to do sometimes especially when you really like michael jackson music yep. <laughs> but you don't really want to support it anymore um so yeah anyway I can't think of anything I can't think of it. I mean, I'm sure there's so many more dead fandoms, but we're just not. Email us and tell us about your dead fandoms. (laughs) And maybe uh, we can... We could revive them for you. Because they're so popular. Because we're fans, too. Yeah. I mean, like like we said, it takes just more than one. All you Daisy shippers out there, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Just takes more than, yeah, more than one person. So let's revive some fandoms, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't hesitate to let us know what you think or suggest a new discussion topic. You can email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com or use the Ask Me Anything tab on our stupid Tumblr, anobsessivenature.tumblr.com. <laughs> See you next time.